Rachel Bola, wishing you a happy weekend. We now join Radio Link. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you very much. Good morning, Nigerians. Thank you for joining us on Radio Link this morning. It's 8 o'clock. A very good morning to you. This is the Network Service of Radio Nigeria. Thank you for staying with us. And a warm welcome to you on the program today, Radio Link. It's reaching you live from the Network Service of Radio Nigeria, Africa's largest radio network. And um, today, we shall be discussing entrenching security in Nigeria and the creation of state policing. It is something that has generated a lot of conversation. It is indeed a topic that has called for public concern especially as the nation searches for viable options to address insecurity in the country. My name is Princess Boraro. Good morning once again, and thank you. For some countries in the world and some countries of the world, Nigeria is facing insecurity in parts of the country. This insecurity ranges from armed robbery, kidnapping, terrorism and insurgency, headsmen crisis to banditry, just to mention but a few. Now these various dimensions of insecurity have claimed precious lives of many Nigerians and destroyed both public and private property worth billions of Naira, as well as destroyed uh, slowed down uh, development generally and it is generally affecting each and every one of us nigerians and if every concerned citizen of this country is worried about the situation it is also responsible for the displacement of millions of nigerians from their ancestral homes many children and our orphans and young women widows to depend on humanitarian aid for survival this is something that shouldn't be but that's where we are today it has further made them more vulnerable to danger and harm, and indeed, the setbacks due to insecurity in the country cannot be overemphasized. And in keeping to its constitutional primary responsibility of ensuring the security of and welfare of citizens of this great country, Nigeria, the government has been fighting insecurity with some level of successes, although more still needs to be done. Now, in this regard, too, um, appreciable funds have been committed into fighting insecurity in the country. Many have advocated various ways of fighting insecurity, and that includes the kinetic, non-kinetic, or the combination of both to fight it. And in search of possible solutions to secure to insecurity, uh, some state governors had created some paramilitary outfits named after them, or the communities uh, where these things happen, uh, such as the Amutekun in the southwest, Ibubago in the southeast, and community volunteer guards and livestock volunteer guards in the north central and sometime it was a besu in the south south of the niger delta uh, delta state community security corps was also one that was created operation rainbow uh, was also in plateau state and many more that we cannot mention at the moment and just a few days ago the debate as to the introduction of state police in tackling insecurity race of face 
and it is a conversation that has generated a lot of controversy already a bill is in this regard um the introduction of state police in tackling insecurity resurfaced of course already a bill in this regard has been um, introduced into the house and it has passed second reading in the national assembly this morning on radio link i have my guest already seated and we shall be talking about the potential of these methods in addressing insecurity in the country and if there's any need for the creation of states please maybe maybe not whatever you think the best for nigeria would be the way to go my guests are here and um They'll be discussing this with me this morning on Radio Link. And don't forget that you can also be a part of the conversation. The Senate Minority Leader and former Minister of Interior, Senator Alba Moro, will be joining us via phone this morning. And then we'll have here in the studio the Deputy Chairman, Committee on National Planning and Economic Development, House of Representatives, Honorable Clement Jimbo. Good morning. Good to have you, sir. Good morning, Nigerians, and thank you for having me. Of course, he's also a member of the Constitution Review. Uh, welcome to Radio Link. Uh, our security strategist, Dr. David Okoro, is also with us in the studio. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Radio Nigeria. Good morning, Nigerians. Uh, sir, please, we have to speak a bit close <coughs> to the mic. Good so morning, can... Radio Nigeria. Good morning, Nigerians. Okay. And uh, I hope you heard that, <clears throat> but we'll try to fix it. With, I think we seem to be having a little problem with the microphone, but we'll sort that out uh, shortly. Um, we also have here with us a retired Army officer, Dr. Garos Gololo. It's good to have you join us on Radio Link today. Thank you very much for having me this morning. Of course, gentlemen and ladies, thank you for joining us once again from home or wherever you're listening from to the program today. At the appropriate time, we shall open the phone lines for you, our uh, for your valid contributions. And we also employ you to be brief and straight to the point when you get through to us on, on, on the phone. And that is to enable us get as many calls and contributions as possible. Remember, this particular program does not give preference to any particular caller. Your calls come in, we take them exactly as they come. The lines to call, take them down at this point, 0915 0910 482. That's 0915 0910 482. I'll take that slowly. 0915 0910 482. And 0915 0910 Remember, once again, on this program, we take calls as they come. No preference is given to any color. I'd like to thank you especially for joining us. Now, to my guest in the studio, let's talk about um, the insecurity in the country and the measures put in place. Um, let me start with um, Mr. G uh, Dr. Garris. The, in your own words, what would you say about the insecurity generally in the country? Well, uh, the insecurity, it is, uh, it is not a good thing to welcome about and uh, I happen to be one of the from 19 years to the date that is the job I professionally do in the military I don't have any other job less than it less than the security is uh, is something not to work with and it's nothing good again because uh, when you don't have security you don't have anything there's no plan about the government any government doesn't have security to secure life and property. That is why they vote you. That is why we vote our governor. That is why we vote even the member here who is still with us. 
is to help the community speak for themselves and tell them what is happening so that they will not have representative in Abuja. But the point is, me personally, I don't go on my own. I am not uh, interested in state police. The security where the output in the government is good to make sure the security is good because on the first place, we have a military, trained military, we have a trained police. How much do you pay the police? You are paying police 40,000. The federal police and you are paying a private soldier 40,000. You are paying airman, not 40,000. You are paying rate, equivalent to Navy, 40,000. And you are telling us you need the security. Put the money to 200,000 as a minimum. Somebody, you are not paying him comfortably where he can be able to serve the job in case, even if he die, you know his family can be able to do on the morale. So, having this state police, or the governors uh, is good, but the governor can, some of the governor, they cannot pay salary. The two billion given to them to, to give uh, palliative, where is the money? Who do they give to the palliative? It is only one governor I see giving palliative in Bono State. These people, they carry local government, pocket it to their pocket. During Bahari, they sign an automatic to local government, their money should go direct. They go court, the governor, and the witch as well. How do they, the witch as well, and then they go court they, against that local government will have their money direct? And as today, the local government don't have their money direct. If we cannot give that local government their money direct, we cannot have any development, and that security we are forming, it will end up fall aside. Because how do you form the security? The, the community have, the, the local government chairman cannot afford to give contract of 5,000. All the money is the ground is with the governors. And we are making no, we don't go to TV, say we will move a motion for state police. That state police it will go against the opposition. Why your opposition will come with the state? All right, uh, Honorable Jimbo, you just <laughs> listened to Dr. Garris talking about his uh, not, not supporting the state police. But before we come to that, let's talk about what you think of the insecurity in the country and the effect it's having on the nation. Well, thank you very much for having me. And thank you, Nigerians, for listening to us this morning. Yes, it is true that <clears throat> we have insecurity in Nigeria, but we must be honest with ourselves to trace where the insecurity started from and what led to it. In 1930, when the entire police system actually started in Nigeria, we had a not we had the South, policing the South and policing the North. Then fast forward to 1960 when we had independence, we brought an idea that the North and the Southern police system as it were then should come together and form the current Nigeria police force. Fast forward again to today, 1960 to 2024, the population of Nigeria has increased drastically. So many indices of development has changed. Every month, billions are sent to our subnationals, the state government, the state governors, and they do not have powers to protect what is sent to them from federal government. If you entrust your son, your daughter, or your relation 
with a large sum of money and you do not alongside that money attach some security to help him check keep the money safe that could be the reason why like my colleagues here said the monies are stolen that is simply the cause things have changed the ideas that brought the federal police force to existing as a day we have a different indices of security today that we must be able to think outside the box just like you reel out in the news over 20 states currently are practicing some form of state policing with different nomenclature so what the 10th house of representative is doing exactly is to give a legal framework to what is currently in existence so that is my opening remarks in this but truth be told nigeria is ripe for state policing nobody is happy with the current insecurity but something must be done and that is what the 10th house of assembly is doing and it should be embraced by every nigerians uh, Dr. Okoro is a security strategist. You understand how these things work. I'd like to know what you think of uh, what you think is responsible for the rising speed of insecurity. Um, Honorable Jimbo talked about um, the rising population, the fact that yes, the monies are given, but the persons the monies are given to, who are uh, constitutionally responsible to run it, do not really have control over security in their various states. That's the state governors now. That's his own, um, that's what he has identified as one of the problems. What do you think is responsible, sir? Well, thank you <coughs> once more for having me. I, <coughs> I think that many times when we talk about security, we look towards the law enforcement, uh, military, as if they are, the only, uh, uh, they, are, they are the only institution that have responsibility for providing security. The, the kind of, the failure of security in Nigeria, the way you see it, is because of, um, because of failure of governance. When the institutions of government fail, whether it's National Assembly, whether it's a Federal Legal Corporation of Nigeria, whether it's the Central Bank, whether it's Ministry of Justice, whether it's Ministry of Agriculture, when these agencies of government fail, uh, then of course um, it, 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 it creates a, a gap that, uh, that stresses the system that leads to insecurity. Insecurity is not something that just comes up when, for instance, the Ministry of of agriculture is not delivering food security. The social military that provides social services are not delivering on social services. They will be, uh, people will react, and those reactions could uh, be uh, the reason for the insecurity that we see. But I, I want us to really take away the debate from focusing on the 400,000 policemen we have in Nigeria to provide security for the 200 million, or focusing on the, uh, the 200,000 military um, men and women that we have. Security is not. A, a business only for the uniform people. It's supposed to be a, a, a society or a citizen focused assignment. And right now, we are not getting that. The funding, like my colleague here says, the funding that comes in, what is done with it? Um, what is corruption? What is the role of corruption in areas of insecurity? Because when resources are not properly deployed, our citizens do not get the benefit of what gov governance should be. A, a number of citizens, it's just about in every society, you have people that are criminal minded. Those people that are criminal minded because of the absence of governance, whether you are calling it you know, governance spaces or whatever you call it, will remain a basis 
of is having security in the nation. So what, if you ask me what I, I want to say is, maybe we have not yet gotten to that aspect of discussion, is that the reason why we have so much insecurity in Nigeria is absence of good governance. Exactly. So talking about the absence of good governance, uh, uh, um, Honorable Jimbo, we have a country where things are not done the way they are supposed to be. Uh, looking at joblessness, you're looking at lack of um, good schools for children to attend, our youths are not truly engaged. There's so much going on on the streets. We have the manpower, we have youths who are out there who want to get the job done, but they are idle. And they say an idle mind is, uh, mind is a devil's workshop. And uh, uh, when we say fighting security and we're doing um, just buying the guns and buying the weapons and trying to make sure that we fight it at that level, is there anything we can put in place to start fighting it from the place of empowerment? To say, okay, you already have something doing, you have a job, we're giving you a platform to have an alternative means instead of going into crime. Is there Are there other ways that we can actually put in place to fight this? Because it's not just about buying the guns. Thank you very much. I want to align with what the last speaker has actually said. It's true. Over the years, we've had leaders that have taken decisions that are not supposed to be taken. Bad leaders across the years. It didn't just start now. Therefore, what they had done in the past and what we are facing today is a direct proportion to the decision they, take, they took. But going forward, talking about structure, you, you, you will not have security without putting structures in place. The reason why we are here, where we are today, is simply because what we needed to do yesterday, we were not able to do that could have checkmated the insecurity, the footage insecurity that he talked about, and even the physical security that is currently prevalent. Now, the thinking of many Nigerians today said, look, this is where we are. We must be honest with ourselves that we are not happy with where we are. Recall what led to the institutionalized of Homeland Security in the United States. It was as a result of insecurity, the 9-11. So before then, there was nothing like that. So when they were struck with that, they had to sit down and call themselves together and think, what can we do differently? It is mild insanity for us to keep doing the same thing over and over and over and expect a different result. It will not work. Right now, Nigeria is right. Just like you mentioned, we must reintroduce this point. Let it sink. We have 36 state governors. And just like my brother mentioned earlier, we have 774 local government system. State police is the first part of call, which the tenth house of reps is bent on making sure it is in our constitution. And of course, do not forget, it started in this in this in the eighth assembly, it resurrected in the ninth assembly. Now it is in the tenth assembly. The next line of action we are equally going to check. I'm talking about the structure, the framework that needs to be put in place is the financial autonomy of local government. Instead of sending money to 36 governors, alongside 36 governors, can we equally send to 774 local government chairmen? Will that help to drive development at the interland? Of course, the answer is yes. But if you do not put 
the security architecture in place that would drive the management and the checks and balances at the interland, then sending these monies to the local government chairman will equally mean they will do what the state governors have been doing. Policing and security cannot be overemphasized, but the right framework has to be in place. Dr. Gololo, let's talk about the past governments and they have the, the strategies they used in fighting insecurity and even the one that we're using right now that um, lots of Nigerians think is not working as it should be. What is your assessment of what has been put in place? Is that I, the right approach? As a, right, as a retired military man who has been able to have uh, been to so many places, uh, you know, is when you say a security, there's a difference between uh, because the where we, in Nigeria where we are, all this uh, insecurity we support to have is supposed to be police. It's IS internal security. Anything IS is supposed to be a police, not a military. Because that time when I was in the military, when we put across, before you see a military in uniform in the town, it is very hard. But now you can see them anywhere blocking a road simply because of the insecurity. But if you want to get this insecurity right, our governor, we will hold them responsible. Honorable, we will hold them responsible. Because we vote them to come here and present us. And they will tell us what do they do for their consequent allowance. What do they do for their people who vote them? Whom they carry come. Not to come here and you take a tea and you go back, you move emotion and you go back to the community and tell us this thing. All of us, we have a territory senator from each state. What is their work? Do they come here to serve? Like the state I come from, about you, we have all, we have three senators. It is only one senator that is is on motion that can assist. We forget about party, forget about the religion, forget about where you come from. But the reality of this thing, our members, House of Ref two, House of Assembly, governors, they will have to sit up so that all this money released to the governors. How do they release the money, and why must they use? What do they use the money to? Then they they accept the House of Ref. If you vote him, you come back. When you come back, ask him, Oga, as you are there in Abuja, as you come back, what development do you want to put your country? Because we vote, we send you to go. What do you have for us? And what do you do for us? How many people do you give scholarship? How many people do you employ? Look, any insecurity you want to do without employment is not possible. And the, the police, we have their number. is not have to. Let us recruit more. Let us recruit Air Force. Let's recruit Army. Let's recruit more security. Then... Give them oh, what is the work of civil defense? If you put the state police, then the, which means civil defense have to go. What are they doing? Put them in the certain pillar. That what, they say civil defense, they have to defend the civilian. Why are they relaxing in the headquarters, patrolling and carrying motor, making sirens? Do we come to hear sirens? Dr. Okoro, you are a security expert. You will need to, at this point, explain to us why all of the measures put in place seem not to be working as it should. Well, again, we I, need details. We need to understand it. We need it to break it down for us. Okay, okay. Thank you very much again. I, I will say that there's euphoria uh, concerning this state police that is going to be created, but I don't share that optimism, optimism because the very causes of insecurity in Nigeria need to be addressed first of all. Uh, like I said earlier, when institutions or government are not working. It, it, it breeds, it directly leads to insecurity. Every year, you have tens of thousands of youths that graduate from secondary school, tens of thousands of youths that graduate from university, they are thrown into the system. 
they don't have jobs. That is one cause of insecurity because they say uh, the idle hand is the devil's workshop. So when you don't have jobs for your citizen, it leads to insecurity. The second is, like I said, um, the agents of government are not delivering on their mandate. You have uh, the central bank. The central bank policies uh, over the past eight years have led to making Nigerian destitute. Uh, the economic, uh, fiscal economic policies by the Ministry of Finance and, the, and, and, the, and, and those sectors has also led to a serious disjointment in the system. The police and the military are not properly resourced. Like, um, like Dr. Gululu says, when you pay a policeman 40,000 naira and he has a family, he has children that have to be taken care of, he has uh, all sorts of responsibility, and you pay him 40,000 naira a month, and you give him an AK-47 rifle to go and face bandits. Of course, you know what, he, and then he knows that if he dies tomorrow, it takes three, uh, three months, and his family is thrown out of the accommodation if they had one in the barracks. There is no insurance. So, and then, not just that alone, the issue of corruption in the system, even when funding is provided. You see, over the past 10 years or so, Trillions and trillions have been spent on security and military. You don't find the money. I traveled recently to some part of the country, and the kind of military uh, establishment I saw, facilities, is uh, you cry. You go to the police barracks, the same thing. So this, these are the gaps I, when I talk about governance issue. A lack of accountability, very serious. Now, like I, I would say, everybody points at National Assembly, and I have issues with National Assembly. Because I know that many times when funding are budgeted for, for development, the members of National Assembly will normally follow those monies and get as much of it to their pocket as they can. So the whole system is actually directly work against the provision of security. That is why I said, even when you decide tomorrow to set up this so glamorized community policing, I mean, I mean uh, the state policing, it will not deliver the purpose which we are talking about now because the real cause of insecurity is governance. Until we address governance issues, we cannot continue to uh, push everything about security to the military and to the police. We'll continue to be where we are. So we need to go back. Really, for me, it is the issue of governance. And then the citizens' interest. Nigerian citizens are not very interested as to issues of governance, how their resources is being deployed, how does the local government uh, chairman use their money, how does the state government, nobody is asking anybody to account, even for the National Assembly members. There are people are not asking for them to, I mean, for accountability of the position they have been put and the resources available to them. So these are the levels when the citizens are aware to ask what is their right and when good governance is delivered. Then, of course, security will become more sustainable. Honorable uh, Jimbo, the, 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 this particular conversation will have to do a lot with your institution, which is the National Assembly. The local government autonomy has been something that has been talked about over the years. What happens today is that that level has been left just there. So you, your aim, your aspiration as a young Nigerian growing up is to just get to that point where somebody will come from the city and take you out of the village because it is generally believed that there's really nothing you can amount to when you live in the village. That's because the local government systems are not working. But it, it wasn't like that in the beginning. 
uh, we had a situation where our parents went to schools abroad and returned back to their villages, not to Lagos, not to Abuja, and not to Port Harcourt. They went back to their villages because the local government systems functioned and they developed their villages. What is going on and what is your institution, the National Assembly, doing to ensure that we get that economic aspect of it and the, the local development out of it to make sure that when we get it from that point, we'll be able to have some level of security. Thank you very, very much. Now Nigerians should really pay close attention. What we are afraid to do as a nation is a clear indication of what we need to do. Talking about where we were, it was better, and where we are now, which is not better. In my opening remarks, I made mention of series of misdirections by our leaders. That is the fact. Leadership, good leadership has been the problem. But must we continue to throw our hands in fatalistic resignation and allow it to still spiral out of control because somebody took a decision in the past that ended us here? That is why the 10,000 reps is thinking outside the box. Like the last take, administration. Take me, take me through this thinking out of the box. Absolutely. Local government autonomy. That is where is I'm driving at. All right, let's go. In the Ninth Assembly, local government financial autonomy was the in thing. But the state governors, because by and large, they control the state house of assembly, state houses of assembly, said they do not want it as at that time. Fine. Now we have the tenth house of assembly, house of representatives. That is equally saying local government financial autonomy is ripe. That is why on the 26th of this month, which is Monday, the most important committee of the House of Representatives, which is the Constitutional Review Committee, will be inaugurated. And it is manned by no less a personality, the Deputy Speaker of the House, which is a legal luminary. I'm a member of that committee. We've had a pre-inaugural meeting, and we've discussed extensively. Now, the state governors, the president, in this wisdom, called the 36 governors in a meeting. And the, the general body language resolution that emanated from that meeting clearly shows that, indeed, Nigeria is right for state policing. Nigeria is equally right for local government financial autonomy. But we must have a legal framework and the National Assembly is saddled with that responsibility of making sure that framework is in place. Now, it is not a job alone. After we are done at the National Assembly, it will be sent to the different state houses of assembly. That is where Nigerians should be awake. They should hold their speakers accountable in this very particular bill. They should hold their governors accountable in this particular bill. Any governor that will say he needs state policing, but he does not need local government financial autonomy, should be called out. That is why the media is here. That is why my colleague is here. They should call those governors out. Why do you like ice cream and you don't want to work to produce the money that will buy ice cream? It's as simple as that. Dr. Gololo, if, if, because you said you are not in support of state police, because uh, a lot of persons also believe that it would be mismanaged or, or misused politically by governors who ordinarily, even without, um, in, some, in some cases, not fully in charge, but still sometimes use it. 
do you believe that if it comes with local government autonomy, where the local government's chairman have their funds to develop their local, uh, the, the people at their local level, do you think if it comes together, it will be a good thing for you? It is even more than the state police. It, no matter we have the state police, if you don't look at government, they cannot get to their pay. It's not possible. Okay, look at, let me just put this thing. A retirement general from second lieutenant to major general, if you retire, how much do they pay? If you are going for operation, it's 1,500. If if member of a house sit one sitting, how much is his money on the allowance? People just want to play football here in Abu Coast. They pay the money. Soldier, police will retire. They will give him four million, three million. A governor will serve for eight years. After looting the whole territory, he will be still receiving another uh, pancho. Which which job does he do? I will go welcome bullet in Liberia, Sierra Leone, Sudan, come back. Then my pancho. We will not even up to the governor who just steal all our territory. They still give him an look, honorable. We want you to cancel that governor pension, please. Cancel it. They don't have to any pension. They lose our money and they are still giving him a pension. If you want to get this right, those people hold their responsibility. Their pension should not be somebody is on operation now. If they send them in operation, they are, they call it DTA. That DTA must be one thousand. As a private soldier is receiving five hundred and you expect him to be happy. Then they will set a committee, punch for a billion. Then you expect the, those people to work. Look, we need a local governor to go. Let them pay the local government. Local government chairman cannot be able to give a contract of one one thousand. That is the truth. They will see the alert. The alert will go back to the government. They will put the money in their pocket, and they will come back. Say they are moving a motion. Say to the the house of assembly. Say to them, they will just go back. Then they will, even commissioner, some commissioner, they cannot even put fuel for their vehicle in the state. So what are you talking about? State police cannot work if you... Okay, for instance now, if they want to recruit state police, any the people, even they're born in that state, they are from that state, but if they are not that trap, they cannot enter. We see it. There's the people who, even if they want to join this federal force now, they born them in a certain state, they are national, but they cannot join from there. They have to go back to their say, what are you talking about? Well, he has raised some concerns, Dr. Jimbo. Uh, those concerns are very important. The fact that uh, some persons will work for eight years, and or some, in some cases four years, and they get a lot of payments um, for a lifetime. The disparities are just there. Um, is there anything put in place to address all of that? Well, uh, that is uh, away from my responsibility and the responsibility of the 10th National Assembly. There is clear division of power. The state governors with their pension scheme, the laws that regulates all that is enacted at the state house of at assembly. The state level. So we do not have the powers to regulate the governor, so to say, with the finances that goes to that state. It is a speaker and the members of the state house of assembly and the citizen, like the pension is talking about, the whooping sum that the governor sits for four years, eight years, and goes on with so much what are the citizens of those states doing they should call the governor out they should call the speaker out that is their role that is a citizen's place in government but when they keep quiet they know the infractions governors are doing they know what they are conniving with the state houses of assembly and they cannot voice out and they shift the blame me to the federal government or to the National Assembly, it is wrong. It is wrong. 
Let Dr. people know their right and take their responsibilities. Dr. Okoro, the responsibility of the Nigerian citizen. A lot of people say Nigerian citizens are not doing enough. They are not holding government accountable. They are not holding the, the state. Government, you talk about insecurity, hunger in the land, and all of these problems that we are faced with. Most of the time, it's, oh, President Bolatinubu, Minister, this and that. We are not addressing the state governors, and we are not addressing the local government chairman at this point in time. Now he's saying this, the the people of Nigeria need to take responsibilities by making sure that their their local government chairman, their councillors, their state houses of assembly, they work. Now the question is, are people so overpowered and so um, held down with poverty whose thought process is geared towards let me just see food to eat? In fact, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday who said. He, he, he's actually thinking of committing a crime so that the government can arrest him and feed him in prison because outside of the he outside better, here he cannot feed himself he better, he's better off in he prison wrong thinking he better wrong, thinking. wrong thinking but that, that's it that's his situation at the yeah, moment that so that is it if people so stricken with poverty who some are already thinking in that direction um, what do you think so quickly well um I think that's not an option. Nobody, nobody should, um, nobody should think about going to the prison because he needs free food. Because if you've been to Nigerian prisons, you will not wish your enemy to get there. So going through the criminal justice system is not even an issue. Please, if you permit me, the state policing, enacting the state policing act is not an option for us. Because in the federal system of government, you have the criminal justice system fairly well set out. As it's in the federal, it's supposed to be replicated in the state. At the state level, as we speak, you have the state judiciary. Now, in the criminal justice system, you have the police and the law enforcement, you have the court system, and you have the prison system. And the, uh, we already in the state have the court system right now, state high court. Recently, uh, the bill was signed last year for us to have state prisons. So what is absent in having a full-blown Jewish, uh, uh, criminal justice system for the state is the police. And in the Federation, it's, it's taking that. We must have this. So the fact that the National Assembly is asking for us to have a, a state police is a normal sequence. So it shouldn't, shouldn't be something to debate. It is, it is taking the federal system that the state needs to have a police. And in fact, even the local government need to have their own police. Okay. And, and, and let me add Quickly, to that, please. please. <laughs> the state, thank you for even bringing that conversation to that direction. The state have the power to set up their judiciary. They have the power to establish their universities. Now we are adding state police to them. It balances. All right. Uh, we have joining us online, uh, Senator Abba Moro, uh, and he's here to make his contribution. We, we told you earlier that he's uh, going to uh, be our guest on the show today. Good morning. Good to have you join us, uh, Senator Abba Moro. Good morning. Good to have you. So we're talking about uh, entrenching security in Nigeria and the creation of state uh, policing. What do you think? Uh, do you think that will help in any way? That's talking about state police now. The alert of is breaking. I can't hear you. So we're talking about state police and um, entrenching security in Nigeria. Do you think that uh, uh, having a state police will solve the security problems that we have today? Okay, I think we lost connection there. We'll have to connect back with Sen. Okay. Hello? 
Okay, so we'll have to reconnect with Senator Abba Moro there, uh, who will be joining us as guest online. But uh, we have some calls online. But before we take this first call, we'd like to remind you that the numbers to call is 0915, 0915, 0915, 0915, 0915, 0915, 0915, 0915, 0915, 0915, 0915, I want to quickly suggest that there should be an intensified patrol by our security agencies on our major routes to avert kidnapping and some other nefarious activities. The same thing should be applicable on air, using air force jets and drones to also keep people, keep surveillance and let them, let the criminals know that we are prepared to fight insecurity in this country. Above all, there is need to clear all bushes since we are not using them meaningfully now for agricultural ventures. And let the forest guards work hand in hand with vigilante uh, groups in different communities, come to the places with the assistance and support of the Nigerian Security Conventional Agency. That is the only way we can fight this level of insecurity. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. We'll give just one minute to each caller so we can entertain as many calls as possible. 0915-0910-482. And 0915-0910-483, the numbers to call. You can always send us an email at frocandcurrentaffairs at yahoo.com. That's frocandcurrentaffairs at yahoo.com. Hello, good morning. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Radio Good morning, sir. What's your name? Yeah, this is Comrade Jewel Mamrichu from Ahuku Local Government Area of Ebony State. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, I must commend uh, your guests in the studio. Uh, actually, in my state, Ebony State, uh, my governor, Right Honorable Builder Francis Wilfrey, is trying his best to make sure that uh, we have a full security in our area. Okay? I must commend him highly. Because uh, the issue between us uh, and the people and um, and uh, and the Aguila people, I think uh, the one between the Aguila and the, the governor has tried well, well, okay, to resolve that uh, issue. And uh, the one between the uh, the governor is working on it now, now, okay. And uh, as well as my local government chairman, okay. So do you think that has been, the fact that that has been done, those issues have been resolved, has that in any way uh, given some security to, 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 to you? Do you have the feel of security? Hello? Okay. Um, another caller on the line. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, sir. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, my name is Oku. Hello? Hello? Okay, um, we're still expecting your calls, but we have on the line uh, uh, Senator Abba Moro. Good morning, sir. Hello, sir. Okay, back to the calls 0915 0910482 and 0915 0910483. Hello, good morning. Yeah, good morning to you out there in the studio. Good morning, sir. What's your name? And where are you calling from? I am 65 in Kabo Solomba. I'm coming from my community. I'm looking at you. Well, uh, it's an undeniable fact that Nigeria is at the crossroads. 
uh, with the level of insecurity today, bedeviling the nation. And what we need now is a holistic approach. And this must be with sincerity of purpose. And I want to say it here that meaningful progress can be made in combating um, terrorism, banditry, and all manner of criminality by the establishment of state police. If only they are going to be sincerity of police uh, purpose. If only they are going to be sincerity of purpose on the side of the governor, whom we all know may use it later as a terror machine to which harm perceived enemies and political opponents. That's just the fear of everybody. And it takes us back to the issue of the government of joining democracy that will have a kind of ensure that people themselves elect governors and then dismiss them if they fail to perform. By so doing, they will mismanage the proposed state police, knowing that at the end of four years, they will be voted out if they don't perform and will be held accountable too. In a nutshell, the collective security of citizens and the concept of state police borders on telling democracy, where the people can choose those who will govern them and decide who affair them. That is the only system that can engender good governance, which will put food on the table of citizens, equip them with education, create employment opportunities, and generally provide good life for the people. Have a pleasant day to see if I Thank you for your contribution, Chief Olumba. Uh, I think we have another person on the line. Hello, good morning. Hello. All right, so Dr. Um, Okoro, the issue of insecurity is a major problem. Uh, some persons have advocated the use of technology, um, kinetic and non-kinetic approach. Some Hello, good morning. Okay, her caller on the line. Let's attend to him before we come back to you, Dr. Prela. Good morning. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello? Okay, please call back uh, if you can. 07 0915 0910 0915 0910 Dr. Okoro, the use of um, these approaches that I talked about, just the um, technology, uh, kinetic and non-kinetic approach. Some people have also said, bring them together, talk to them, and that this, these things will bring desirable results, put a good economy Hello? in place, um, and all that. So you answer that question after this um, attending Hello? this caller. Hello, good morning. Good morning. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Thank you for joining us. Yes, this is Gala Dimonde Alu, calling you from Nasarawati, Nasarawati, going to be precisely. Thank you very much for joining us. Yes, uh, my greeting to the guest in the house. Hello? Go ahead, they can hear you. He's sending yes. his greetings. Uh, Thank you very much. Good morning. The, the issue is that the creation of uh, state police may bring a lot of trust to Nigeria because of one security. Uh, National security, which we talk of the Nigerian police force, is encompasses everywhere. So, the issue of creation of the creation of uh, state police will bring a lot of problems in terms of politics. Because most of the state government who are maybe there in position of authority may use that as a vector in order to control, they may not be able to speak up. And, uh, the issue of enactment, the law of Nigeria is so much that the Nigeria itself cannot be able to interpret what exactly is it.
So what is what we meant for the creation of state police may go deeply to the Nigerian constitution to trace what is actually there that is needed for the creation of state police and how we leave behind those. Because most of the federal government allocation is coming to the state. And the, the, the federal government also has a share in each of the states that is the state of the federation. What if the state alone will take responsibility of creating a police? How will they handle it? It's just a matter of taking Nigeria and taking Nigeria back. So the guests have speaking, uh, spoken very well concerning the issue of this, the creation of state police. It will not be advisable to that. So, to me, I will love that the law that is currently going on in the National Assembly, which has been passing second and the first and second reading, should be revealed in such a way that it should not stand as a, as a law in Nigeria. It will create a lot of your problems. Thank you very much, Danla Dimonde, for calling us. Um, so let me get back to my guest, Dr. Okoro, please. Let's quickly address the issue of um, the approach that the, the our security of, uh, agents uh, agencies are using at the moment. Some people believe that these these approach are not as effective as they should be. The use of technology. What do you think, and how far do you think we can go with that? In this is the, the century of, of technology. Well, if you permit me, <clears throat> I think that I just want to spend a bit of moment about this issue of state police. I started talking about it earlier, that in the federal system of government, which we practice, there are structures that should be in place at the federal, state, and local government level. The criminal justice system, because in any society you have to have an effective criminal justice system because of you are talking about issues of security. The criminal justice system recognizes the place of, at the state level, of having a police force. What does the police force do? detect and prevent crime. Where crimes are committed, there's a court system that addresses that. And where people are found guilty and they need to be taken out of the system, there is the prison system. And I said we already have the court system operational in the state and the prison system have already been approved. Uh, the bill has been signed. What is left is not debating. We are not, we can't sit here and say whether we need to have state police or not. It's part and parcel of the federal structure that we have chosen to have. So what we need to have is we should have state police. But there are things that must be done if that state police will be effective. First, there will be the need to even review the revenue sharing formula of the country because now you're going to be giving the state much more responsibility. Running the police force is a huge responsibility. So having addressed that issue of reviewing the, the, the revenue formula, you there are fears that people have, genuine fears, as to how the state government or governors will use the police. I mean, people are talking about the police system going to be used for 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 election purposes to oppress uh, uh, to oppress people and all that. These are these are fears, and uh, these are the things that the National Assembly members that are talking about uh, this uh, bill should look at. The fears that people have. How do you allay that fear that this bill and uh, this uh, setting up police uh, force for the state will be misused by the government? If you ask whether it, it, it do we have precedence as to why people should be afraid, yes, we have the the electoral system at the state level where the states each state have the um, state electoral uh, commission or something to conduct the election. You know that what happens with that commission is that every time election is done under that uh, that group the state government wins 
which is not real. So people think that the same thing will happen with the police. So those who are like the national assembly people that are, are, are following this path, it is the th way to go. They must ensure that the, the fears of the people are laid. Now coming to the police, uh, everywhere in the world, there is uh, policing is not done physically or manpower. It is technology. Policing is based on technology. If you go to more fairly more advanced countries, not even as uh, advanced as such, you don't find policemen blocking road everywhere like we do here. In fact, you hardly find a policeman on the street. You will be surprised. Ah, why am I not seeing police? It's because technology has taken over. So, for instance, take a city like Abuja. I was somewhere yesterday. We are looking at uh, this uh, covering the city with. CCTV. It doesn't exist. We don't have a functional uh, command and control system that has CCTV covering the entire city so that you can know what is going on at any time. So we do need to have to invest in technology to support policing. We also need to invest into things like drones. These are, these are components of modern security infrastructure in any country. So People ask me whether we need the technology. Of course, we need technology because in a situation you cannot, the policeman cannot be on every inch, covering every inch of the land, but the technology can cover those inch. For instance, you are talking about what we call ungoverned spaces. You don't need to put policeman boots on the ground there. Technology can effectively cover the ungoverned spaces. Agricultural policy can effectively cover the ungoverned spaces. Mining activity can effectively cover those uh, ungoverned spaces. So, adopting the right strategy can help us to address the insecurity issues. Technology and strategy. The, the, when you come to talk about the issue of strategy, is that today what we are doing is reactive. We are not proactive to protection, to security. So you sit back and wait for the crime to happen. Whereas the, the structure and, and strategy for any effective security system is pro, pro, proactiveness. You, you, you ensure the crime does not happen rather than wait for, for it to happen. Now, we cannot solve our insecurity problem as long as we adopt a reactive uh, strategy instead of being proactive. Thank you very much. The, Dr. Gololo, you know, there, there's a belief that the, the involvement of traditional rulers, uh, or traditional leaders, will help to solve security problems in Nigeria. And that these persons are in charge of these communities, they run the spaces, they know their people, they know who comes in and who goes out, they have their local intelligence in place and they are doing their best. But that the involvement and the, the there's no synergy between them and the, the, the police or security agents that are in the community and that's why some of these crimes happen. And we've seen patterns where a certain thing will happen over and over and over again in same communities and we don't catch the perpetrators, we don't get them arrested, and before you know it, there's a repeat of the same crime. Do you think involving and giving some powers to traditional rulers will in any way solve um, problems of security? Around 1982, when I, when I was a young officer, when we passed out that time, one Bahari takeover, I was in Ibadan that time. I happened to be in the roadblock between Ishenyi and Oyo. Look, that time, anything Allah FF or you said is what you stand and it's not under the governor. If they want, that is why one Bahari want to stop, uh, let Ado Bahiro, he stopped him by himself, not a governor. But in a situation where the whole first class, first class, now, first class, he will be collecting permission from his son as a chairman. If a chairman doesn't sign, he can't go out. What, look, there's also, those people have to formally. They have their own, they have people who are giving them report and they call chairman to come to the house or governor, not to go to governor, to for them to go to governor house. But in now, if you have problem malice with the governor, the governor can remove the emir. 
the chairman can write a letter say he's not pointing the chief. That is what, then the point where we are, this state police, let me go back to it. You do know why? Any governor finished from governorship is looking for senator. Any house of rev after finishing is looking for governor. When he don't, he come without having anything. Later he will come a governor. Where does he have the money to contest a governorship? We will get this right. If you don't get this right, it will just suffer. From house of rev to governor. Honorable now, anytime from now, we see his poster say he's governor of the state. <laughs> Watch out for that. So, so Dr. Kalilo, you're saying that. It's a good that, prophecy. Uh, it's not bad, dude. <laughs> he has claimed it. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Kalilo, uh, please, uh, I want to, what can we do to ensure that uh, the traditional leaders are involved? Because when they are involved, we seem to have reduced security issues in our community. You know why their budget support to go direct to them? Most of those traditional rulers, they don't have anything. The local government hold the governor hold their money, hold their local government money. Who will just call them a meeting after taking tea? Say I will see you tomorrow. He will not see him. When you call him, to say switch up. When a, a first class chief doesn't have a number of government, he cannot call governor to pick call. Unless if you come back to where we are before, let the traditional ruler have their own. Let the honorable let them pass a law where traditional ruler will be able to take care of his community. Let them put it a law. Not this police, uh, community police. Community police, well, we could not be able to go to any police station. You cannot see two vehicles. And we won't create another problem. Why do they get it? They will go by bike or by bicycle. <laughs> Actually, let me clear his fears. I said earlier, on the 26th, we are inaugurating the Constitutional Review Committee of the House. And part of what we deliberated on in our pre-inaugural meeting is the role of traditional institution in our Nigeria. So we are bringing that into the Constitution. That is why when the Constitutional Review Committee is inaugurated, please let people speak up, speak out and speak up and bring in contributions, suggestions. Like, right to the committee chairman, we are going to deliberate dispassionately, look at the merits and demerits of why it should be there. But I can assure you that the role of traditional institution is what will be part of the reviewed constitution as going to be amended. So, the, the, the you are clamoring for state police, that uh, part of the role of the traditional institutions is involved, and you also think that if that is done, uh, we will have some level of security. But we'll talk about development at the local level. And some people also believe that if you give the autonomy to the state governors, um, the autonomy to the local governments, and the chairmen are in charge of their funds, they will also become emperors of their own um, communities. And that there's a problem, a general problem with the uh, political system that has over the years generated insecurity that we are suffering today as Nigerians and it has to do with the policies, the, the economic policies, the, the, the political willpower and all of these things that we're experiencing. Do you think, or do you think there is, there's, there, there's a constitution, because constitutional review, we keep talking about it, every uh, na uh, National Assembly talks about constitutional review, we are reviewing the constitution, the committee is set up, at the end of the day, we are getting into more problems, even with the laws put in place. These reviews, do you think they will in any way help us as Nigerians? No, they will, and they are helping us indeed. Uh, the 10,000 representatives is different. <laughs> that uh, maybe a, probably a, a pregnant woman went into labor and, and died in the process of child delivery. 
does not mean another person should not get pregnant. That successive houses, the eighth, the seventh, the ninth, the sixth, had reviewed the constitution and we are not where we should be, does not mean the 10th House of Assembly should not review the constitution if we are seeing something that is not working in the constitution. Like we mentioned, the local government financial autonomy is an issue that will be addressed. The state policing is an issue that will be addressed. The role of traditional institutions will be is an issue that will be addressed. These are things that, when they are in place and properly framed, will help checkmate in no small measures the indices of crimes that are currently prevalent in the country. But let me point out one key thing that is that is lacking in the current federal police system. Maybe when it was instituted, there was wisdom in it, but right now that wisdom is nowhere to be found. Where, for example, uh, a young man in Akwaibom State who wants to be recruited into the Nigerian police force is, is recruited, is trained in Akwaibom State, then is posted to maybe Kano to go and operate. He doesn't know how to speak the Hausa language. He doesn't know the terrain, he doesn't know the culture of the people. And you ask him to go and police a people in a strange land that he has never lived there. It is a problem. That is itself is a challenge. Or you bring somebody that is trained in Kano to come and police in Bayelsa, which is predominantly riverine. He doesn't know how to swim. So we'll address it's a problem. that, but we'll have to take a break at this All point right. because it's very important that we address that and talk about the Constitution Review. Thank you so much. Uh, my guests are still with me here in the studio, and this is Radio Link, reaching you live from the network service of Radio Nigeria, Africa's largest radio network, of course. My name is Princess Aboraro, and we're discussing entrenching security in Nigeria and the creation of state policing. Um, our callers have been for and against, and my guest also the same for the same reason. We'll take a break at this point. When we come back, we'll open the phone lines once again for you to be a part of the conversation. Just stay with us. Radio Nigeria, uplifting the people and uniting the nation. Advanced democracies had their teething problems. In fact, they're standing tall and strong today, having passed through political crucibles at different periods. Nigeria is not different. She has her journey to make. Experiences have shown that no nation abandons her journey, no matter how thorny. 24 years of uninterrupted democracy is good and steady enough. Let's all join hands to consolidate our democracy. Now, now that, that a, a new administration, administration has successfully, successfully taken off, our hope is reassured. This message is brought to you by the Federal Radio Corporation of Nigeria.
message was brought to you by the National Orientation Agency in conjunction with the Federal Ministry of Information. It's the only radio network in Nigeria. The network that attracts over 40 million high net worth individuals. Unarguably, the only radio channel that draws key decision makers through incisive and up-to-date news, scintillating sportscasting, and exciting programming. Radio Nigeria Network Service, the haven for discerning investors who wish to reach their target audience at the lowest cost per thousand. Your brand and corporate image deserve nothing less than a sustained exposure on Radio Nigeria Network Service. Try us today. Nigeria is filled with cultures so beautifully diverse. People so creatively endowed. Land so richly blessed. But all these mean nothing in the face of violence. Let's live in peace, for only in peace can development happen. The labor of our heroes past shall never be in vain. Let us serve our fatherland with love, strength, and faith. One people, one, one nation. nation. This is a public service announcement from Radio Nigeria. Advanced democracies had their teeth in problems. In fact, they are standing tall and strong today, having passed through political crucibles at different periods. Nigeria is not different. She has her journey to make. Experiences have shown that no nation abandons her journey, no matter how thorny. 24 years of uninterrupted democracy is good and steady enough. Let's all join hands to consolidate our democracy. Now, now that, that a, a new administration, administration has successfully, successfully taken off, our hope is reassured. This message is brought to you by the Federal Radio Corporation of Nigeria. Radio Nigeria, uplifting the people and uniting the nation. Thank you so much for staying with us. This is Radio Link, reaching you live from the network studios of Radio Nigeria here in Abuja. My name is Princess Aboraro. My guests are still here with me in the studio. And uh, just to remind you that uh, we have um, the uh, committee, uh, the chairman, that's the, the deputy chairman, Committee on National Planning and Economic Development, the House of Representatives, Honorable Clement Jimbo, and uh, is also a member of the Constitution Review Committee, and uh, we also have uh, a security strategist, Dr. David Okoro, and um, Dr. Garus Gololo is also still here with us in the studio. So let's quickly go back to the conversation. You were explaining to us before the break about, okay, so we, we have Senator Abba Moro, um, the Senate um, Minority Leader and former Minister of Interior, joining us online. Let's quickly have a conversation with him. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good to have you join us on Radio Link today. My pleasure. Good. So we're talking about insecurity in the land and the introduction of state police uh, policing for um, for development to be able to solve the problem of insecurity. Do you think that that will be a good move at this point in time? Uh, at this point in time, uh, I want to say that um, Nigeria is at a crossroads. We are actually in a dilemma as to how to tackle the security situation in Nigeria. Uh, of course, the introduction of uh, state policing uh, could be a, a very interesting addition to the security architecture in Nigeria 
But the fear that uh, some of us have uh, uh, exposed for a long time was, for instance, the inability of the state governments to pay salaries of workers and adding the state police will be a problem. The second one is that the uh, state governors uh, actually have not demonstrated capacity uh, to manage uh, institutions for the benefit of the people. And, and, and that is to say that most state governors have become so partisan that uh, every instrument available to them are used uh, in a partisan manner. And, and so the fear is that they could manipulate the state police uh, to, to scuttle even the problem that they, they want to solve. That has been our fear. Otherwise, uh, quite frankly, I, I think that in the circumstances, given the uniqueness of uh, security problems across the country, every uh, security problem now is so localized and so unique in some ways that uh, you think that uh, if you give an instrument to the state government, they should be able to tackle the, the, the problem headlong. And, and so, given the circumstances in which we are now, uh, we don't have anybody, for instance, any instrument for enforcing the Constitution. Because even the state governors that have sworn to uphold the Constitution are abusing the Constitution, and state houses of assembly are so intimidated, uh, so emasculated, that they even vote against themselves. Uh, if you take, for instance, the issue of uh, physical uh, freedom for state uh, assemblies, most state assemblies, including the Benue State uh, State Assembly, in those days voted against autonomy for the state assemblies to have their uh, responsibilities on first-line charge. If you come again, you find out that most state governments now violate the Constitution by setting out um, illegal... Uh, uh, committees by demo, uh, dissolving democratically elected government. So if you see the scenario in that manner, then of course the fear of uh, misuse of state police is, is founded. But having said that, I, I think that at this moment we must rejig the security architecture of various uh, state governments and uh, the federal government. And for us to tackle this insecurity, lives matter. Every day, lives are lost. Yet, some state governors, even to visit the places that have been so uh, affected by insecurity, even to send their aides to go to inspect on the spot to assess the situation uh, in their various communities, have found it very difficult. And so I, I, I think that um, something must be done. Extraordinary problems deserve extraordinary solutions. And in the circumstances, we don't have a choice, but perhaps to support uh, uh, state policing to tackle this problem. Okay, so if you support state policing, and it is an extraordinary uh, thing that has to be done at this point to solve the security problem, you also outlined some of the problems that may be associated with it. What do you think we can do as a nation to ensure that those problems are reduced? Well, one of the first things that we must do is to find a constitutional framework to enforce the Constitution. At the moment, we don't have that, and we are not developing the necessary political will to tackle this problem headlong. For instance, like I said, if state assemblies cannot even protect themselves, if they don't have the courage to stand up to governors that violate the Constitution, then certainly we know we have a problem on our hands. But I support anything that can be done to solve the insecurity situation that we have in the country here. And if state policing is a necessary instrument 
to solving that problem, trust me, I will support it. All right. So, sir, there's a problem of food security uh, at the moment. And it is also largely connected with the fact that a lot of people have not been able to stay on the farmlands to get their job done, which is farming. And that is also a result of insecurity. And we are witnessing that connecting it to food and uh, hunger in the land. What measures do you think can be put in place to quickly, apart from state policing, quickly solve this major problem that we are faced with right now? Because we hear of cases where trucks of food um, items are being already uh, hijacked by some persons who are aggrieved. Well, that, that's the, the, the dilemma that we find ourselves in. You all know that uh, Benway State, for instance, has been the food basket or touted as the food basket of the nation. At the moment, a sizable number of Benway people are in uh, internally displaced camps, and they are scattered all over the state. And it happens also with other states that have insecurity on their hands. And so if farmers are displaced, if they cannot go to farm, I mean, the concomitance of it is that there will be food insecurity. And when people are hungry and to them, to take to maybe ID uh, camps and the rest of them, it's fair enough to say that they, they will seize this food because they also need the food. And so generally, therefore, what we have on our hands today is food insecurity because we don't have the food. And so my suggestion in the first place is that the state governors must develop in partnership with the federal government the necessary political will to provide security for farmers to return to their ancestral homes and continue their normal cultural farming system. If we don't do that, then definitely we will continue with this problem of food insecurity. Thank you very much, Senator Morrow. Please stay with us on the line as I get back to my guest in the studio, Dr. Galelu. He has addressed sure. certain issues. Please stay on the line, sir. We'll get back to you. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Yeah. Galelu, um, Senator Morrow has talked about some of the things that he thinks can be done. As someone who has been there, you've seen it. Do you think, uh, what do you th measures do you think we can put in place to solve these problems? The, pro uh, the major we can be able to do is that first, the National Assembly should make sure they pass a law that the money is accordingly released to a police and released to a military so that they could be able to do their job, perform, perfect their job. You think they're not, they're not giving enough money? No. It's not going when somebody is receiving uh, 50,000, you're expecting him to do job? They have, let them help us and at least let them move a lowest. A lo okay, as you are working now, say you are saying in Masaka, a transport is 1,000. You are paying you 40,000, which means you will, you will borrow 20,000. Where will you see the money? The Baba Oyo, you cannot even buy a bread. The, the member of assembly, they should, not pass, they should pass a law that. And the lowest worker in Nigeria, the lowest that is a last worker, should receive 200. What are you talking about? We are talking about the police, they are uh, passing a law. Law without stomach, no law. And then they should stop, because most of, let me tell you something. They, if, even, if you have that state police, you hear the, the distinguished senator have already mentioned it. Most of them, as opposition, he may not even end up going to the state. Because the governor, if you buy a form, and your opposition, you want to do it, they can use those state police against you. And then how do they pay state police, a governor who cannot even pay a teacher? Teacher, primary school teacher. When they say they sign 35000 If you give your son now, me, I cannot give my son 35000 say he go to school. 
Honorable Aziz City, he cannot give his son 30,000 to go to school. They distinguish my incentive. So why are we not pushing this thing to make sure those workers, they get their money? Look, governor who cannot pay salary, you want them? Let them, let us train. We have a, 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 a rangers in the, the civil defense. The minister, no, because he was their minister, you know, distinguished senator. Let them, they have already trained. Let us put them in our forest. Let them give them, establish, give them more work. These people, they are using AA and you are using AK. There's a different rifle. They are using RPG-40. Let us use point seven, uh, 9 point CMM so that we can deal with this problem with 18 motor. When they enter the forum, we will launch attack immediately. Not to learn it happened before the people will display. Governor will go and pill it. And even those display, most of the display, they don't have even the food. If they give them money to assist the, those display, the person who share the food, you will give them maybe half of, half of a cup. And then who is the member who is presenting them there? Ask him to have statistics of those display. How many of them and their number and from which community? He cannot give you. The highest one you call him says switch up. What are you talking about? When we brought them, they come here, the next thing, even if it's a state house assembly, you call him, say, hey, I'm in the meeting, I'll call you back, he will not call you back. Unless if you come back honestly to ourselves and to our community. Sir, uh, uh, Dr. Koro, you talked about um, the policies of government, the sharing formula, and um, some of these things that need to be put in place. How can we ensure that we take care of these problems that we are blind here? Because they are very, very important. The failure of institutions, joblessness, agents of government not delivering on their mandate, police and uh, military not properly taken care of, which, which is what uh, Mr., um, Dr. Gulula has already talked about as well. And the issue of corruption, which is something that bothers a lot of Nigerians. I think that, <clears throat> I, I think the missing link is the, is the, is the role of the citizens. Uh, government exists for the welfare and security of, of the citizens. And when that welfare and security is not delivered, the citizens have a right. And, and, and it is that, that unorganized nature of the citizens. They grumble, they complain, but they don't organize themselves. So, and, and the Constitution clearly provides avenue through which the citizens can put pressure on government. First, there is the opportunity to walk through your representative. That is why they, they are people elected that will go to the houses and the National Assembly. Incidentally, these people that are elected, most of them are surrogates of some other parts. Uh, but number one is that representative. Second is that the citizens have a right to write. You can write letter to the governor to express your complaint, either as groups or as individuals. When you don't get response from government, you have a right to organize Protest, peaceful protest, insist, for instance, you go close to where government houses, insist, for instance, that you carry banners and all that, that until the government take a particular course of action, you will remain there. They can, so citizens need to wake up to protect their own uh, sovereignty. Sovereignty belongs to the citizens. They've loaned it to some group of people. If your right that you have loaned to people are not being used properly, you have a right to complain. You have a right to protest. I, look, right now, you see how government is jittery because some people say we want to protest because there is no food, right? Now, government does not want people to protest. Therefore, it can be, I'm, I'm not talking about violent protest. I'm saying citizen, well-organized citizen protest can put pressure on whoever is in government. So the citizens should wake up. Whether the governors are going to misuse police or they are not going to pay or whatever they are going to do, when the citizens show their teeth, Governors will behave because everybody is talking about governors, governors as if they are 
some demons or in, uh, something that cannot be handled. Citizens <laughs> who put them in power also have been given power to bring this uh, pressure on the government to make them behave in a particular area, or even the president to make the president behave in a particular direction. So I think that what is missing is that the citizens are not organizing, they are agonizing. They should organize, and then we'll be able to begin to deal with some of these issues. Uh, Honorable Clement Jimbo, the issues of security are quite enormous. But we've analyzed here and talked about some of the things that are responsible for the insecurity that we're faced with today. The failures of institutions and the fact that most times there's too much, there's a general belief that um, political office holders or elected political um, politicians generally are a major problem to the system. There's a general belief by Nigerians. So there's some sort of separation between the people and it's them and us kind of feeling that the people have. When uh, Dr. Okoro talked about uh, protests and how you can write letters to the governors, Dr. Gololo laughed. And that's, I'm sure some of the persons listening to us also responded that way. How can we ensure that there is trust in this system to ensure security? Because if you're telling us that there's a, there's a, um, there's a process in place to ensure state policing, people want to be sure that yes, this process is transparent and it will yield the desired results. Absolutely, it will. Of course, that is why I am here letting the public know what we are planning and they should equally key into the plan. It's as simple as that. All of us are politicians in Nigeria. That is a mistake a lot of people make. We are we politicians. Don't, we don't get um, No, paid. you are a presenter here. You are a politician. <laughs> Did I, Nigerians no, don't you get are a politician. <laughs> My brother here, retired soldier, is a politician. The school teacher is a politician. Go back to the definition of politics. It is an activity that is geared towards enlightening, upgrading the living standard of another. You are enlightening the public. You are increasing the awareness. I am making laws. We are increasing the life condition of Nigeria. Everybody in Nigeria is a politician, not only the president, the governors, the senators, the House of Reps, and the elected, everyone. When once we see ourselves as such, then we will do our part. As a lawmaker, I am doing my part. As a presenter, you are doing your part. As a citizen, like you said, call your leaders to account. Ask questions. Like the my brother here mentioned, what are lawmakers doing to ameliorate the sufferings of Nigeria? Right now, the 2024 Appropriation Act has been passed. So many projects are there in the budget. And the budget is a public document. You can download it on the internet. Let every citizen know what is embedded in the budget for its community and should be able to call the people involved and ask, this has been put in the budget, how far? That is part of what we are doing. Do your people have access to you? Because you just mentioned call. Absolutely. In fact, this is a phone I used during my campaign. I have not changed it. It's the same number. <laughs> they call me all the time. They know my house. In fact, when I leave here, I'm going to my constituents. One of them is having a TM. I have to be there. It's a sacrifice. And when I'm there, I use that opportunity to interact with a whole lot to share so much with them. So, yes. So, uh, apart from the, because you, I, and you, I know that you have a, a flight to catch and you have to be somewhere um, anytime soon, but let's quickly talk about this passion and this drive for state policing. The problems that are associated and the fears that have been established by Nigerians using the local, um, the state um, neck where the governors organize elections, 
and in 99% of the cases, the entire state is won by one political party. And of course, that has to be with the body language of the minister governor. And then in cases where the members of the National State Assembly uh, are uh, put there, handpicked in some most cases by the governors, and uh, the, at the local level, the members of the uh, the, chairman the, the, of local government. the chairman of local government are also picked by the governors the government. and then you now give state police again to the same governor who is in charge of all of these things and in most cases has misused the powers that he already has it, it is very simple every development will always come with its own inconveniences but let's look at the merits of what we are trying to achieve let's focus on the merit and leave the demerit with time, we will equally bring out development that will tackle the demerits. Are we, is the state police capable of tackling insecurity? The answer is yes. Should we now? The answer is no, no, no. Okay, so please, no, can you please, can you break this down? Okay, yes. how, how do we get this? Because you, this, if you say this, it's, it's, it's as simple. Even even my colleague here that said no alluded to the fact that we should bring people from the civil defense that are training in forests hunting and stuff like that and arm them to go to the forest. And what is that? That is state policing. So that is state policing clear. Will that check insecurity in those areas? The answer is yes. You also advocated earlier on that persons from their locality should be recruited into those Absolutely. places. Absolutely. That, that, that is the disadvantage that we have been pointing in the current federal police system. When you pick somebody from a different locality, a different terrain, a different culture, a different language, and you send him to transport him to a different locality in Pali. It is a misfit. He doesn't know how to speak the language. For example, if you come to my locality, there are certain languages, there are certain dialects, there are certain adage that I will use to communicate with my people that you will not know. I can look at you and tell you you are very beautiful or you are very stupid or in a particular language, but the person I'm communicating to knows. But if you are not from there, you will not know. So the Merit of state policing is to bring people from the same locality, the same culture, the same language, to be trained and to equip with the necessary security apparatus for them to police their community. For crying out loud, if I have a brother that is recruited as a state police officer in my community, I can call him immediately and say, look, go to that village. And he knows the bush track to get to that village without having to go on Google Map, which all Google Map will not work. So these are some of the merits. And besides that, they will know almost everybody that resides in that community. A foreigner comes, they know. But if somebody from Akwaibum say go to Kano, he doesn't know when a foreigner has entered into that place. He wasn't brought up, he wasn't trained. So let us look at this creation of state policing dispassionately. Yes, are there tendencies that state governors will misuse it? Yes, but should that stop us from having a peace of mind? No. And let's look at it. Even state governors use it for uh, for whatever personal purpose. It would be only four years, maybe maximum of eight years. He will leave. It's not going to be there for perpetuality. Let's leave, borrow a leave for this federal policing. President Muhammad Rubari, let me say he was the president of Nigeria, former president, and he was on the saddle. Other states one election away from the different from the political party that was that the a result president. of his body language yes but what makes you think that the governors will not equally have the same body language <laughs> see we have 36 governors if out of 36 one two three the decides to decides to be deviant does not mean the entire state governors are deviant 
of course, <laughs> to every 12, there must be Ju Judas. But the Judas should be part and parcel of what is happening. So let us not throw the lofty idea that this country is about to see yeah. right. because so, of the uh, fears of I'll, I'll come to you, Dr. Gululu. We still have uh, with us online Senator, uh, the Senate Minority Leader and former Minister of Interior, Senator Abamoro. Thank you for holding on. So please, let's quickly ask, uh, for, hear from you. Uh, we've seen situations where funds allocated to fighting security have been diverted with impunity and um, this keeps happening. How can we ensure that this is corrected? Well, I, I, I think I agree with you completely that uh, corruption has been the bane of uh, our society. And uh, it's unfortunate that um, people who are highly pleased, including even some governors, uh, are responsible for the perpetration of this heinous crime against uh, human uh, humanity. Um, and that takes us back to uh, my uh, earlier assertion that we need an instrument, a framework to enforce the Constitution, to enforce the law. Otherwise, we, we will not be able to get over this uh, uh, problem. Governors and um, elected officials, especially in the executive that are responsible for disbursement of these uh, funds, uh, usually divert uh, these funds. I, I don't want to talk about recent happenings of uh, even people who are in charge of humanitarian affairs uh, are so inhuman to the extent of uh, diverting uh, funds meant for ameliorating the situation uh, into their own private pockets. I, I think, again, that we must find a way, find a constitutional legal framework to enforce the law and holding people to account. And I agree completely with the earlier uh, assertion by one of your uh, participants in this program, that the people must be prepared to hold their elected representatives to account. The, the, the issue is not just about leadership. The issue is also about followership. How do we now organize our communities to hold their elected officials in account? Because as it is now, in the state, we have the state's houses of assembly that are supposed ordinarily to enforce the law, to ensure that the governors and the, the local government chairmen are, are held to account. I can tell you today, for instance, that in most local governments in Nigeria, their funds are mismanaged, they are, they are, they are so emasculated, they are so intimidated, that they cannot hold uh, elected or appointed uh, officials to account. This is a very big challenge. This is a very big problem. And I insist that, yes, some of the laws are definitely not there. They are in details or in specifics. But the, the, the situation that we find ourselves in now, insecurity, corruption, is not the absence of the law. It's the enforcement of the law. And, and so we, we must get around this in the first place. So, People charged with the responsibility of uh, ensuring that our society is corruption-free must live up to their expectations, no matter the parties they belong to. These problems that we have doesn't wear particulars. It's a simple fact that it's like the rain. It falls on every roof. It affects everybody. If it doesn't affect you, even as an elected person, it affects your mother, your sisters, your brothers, who are not elected. So it affects everybody. And so we must devise a holistic approach to solving this problem. And that comes from, first of all, ensuring that we have a framework for enforcing the law that is impartial. 
So, uh, honestly, it's a very sad situation. Uh, I'm very sad that I'm part of this process because I'm an elected senator, but we must find a way around it. Yes, of course, we need to amend the Constitution, amend our laws uh, to suit the particular situation in which we find ourselves now. No, no law, no document is perfect. Even our ground on the Constitution is not perfect. And that is why the Senate, for instance, is taking steps to amend the Constitution to, 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 to dot all the I's and then cross all the T's to ensure that we have a system that works for every Nigerian. Senator, I, I think it's very, very necessary. Senator Moro, please, I'd like to um, ask, what do you think is preventing the enforcement of the law? Because you just referred to a case at the, of the humanitarian ministry where something has happened. There are public records to show that something went wrong and monies were diverted. But these persons are still working free. And we see that all the time. And that also is not giving some confidence to the people, the citizens of Nigeria. Why is it? Is there a special law for the rich, the poor, the political class, and the uh, citizens of Nigeria generally? Are the laws different? Definitely the laws are not different. What is different is our capacity to be so bipartisan, to be so nationalistic, to be so patriotic, to enforce the law. If anybody infringes on the law, the law should take his course. It doesn't matter who, who, who's of his God. We don't have that political will. That is the problem. Don't, okay, we, we said something has gone wrong in the humanitarian uh, uh, affairs uh, uh, ministry. At the moment, after the initial euphoria and excitement about what has happened and the possibility of uh, sanctions, what have we heard anymore? So if we continue in that way, definitely we cannot get uh, to the root of the problem. We must have the necessary political will to enforce the law, no matter who is affected. We, we must get it right this time, because Nigeria is in that uh, state. We cannot afford to look the other way all the time. If we do, then we are not solving the problem. All right, so quickly, we'd like, to, like you to give us your parting shots uh, so I can get back to my guests in the studio. What can we do? Way forward. One, well, two the way forward, solutions? The way, the way forward is that the National Assembly, the State Houses of Assembly, must look at all the laws of the land and ensure that we correct all the uh, lacuna that we have in our laws. That's the first one. Two, the citizens must rise up to hold elected officials, including my humble self, into account. That, 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 that's very, very germane to the situation that we find ourselves in now. So that we don't create an impression that there is a, a law for the rich and a law for the, for, the, for the downtrodden. Let us not think that policies are targeted at certain persons because we are all suffering. We are all suffering. Nigerians are hurting. And we must take extraordinary measures now, especially the executive. We must take extraordinary measures now to solve the problem of Nigeria. Otherwise, quite frankly, the future is very scary. Thank you very much. We appreciate you for joining us on the radio link today. Thank you. Thank you. Also, um, let me come to you, um, Honorable Clement Jimbo. Before you leave, um, I'd like to know how the state police will work side by side the federal police. Because it's a bit confusing for um, a Nigerian on the street listening to us at the moment. How is this going to work? It is very simple. Thank you. That is why the legal framework is a process in the making, which Nigerians are called to equally bring in their impute. Now, there are crimes that are committed in the state. Uh, crimes are categorized. For example, somebody snatches somebody's phone. 
that is not the responsibility of a federal police to charge that person. That is the responsibility of a state police. If there is a, 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 a human right abuse, that is a federal crime. The federal police now takes it. If there are little infraction, picks pocket, left, right, center, it, it, that is too, too belittle for the federal police to come in. These crimes will be categorized, what the state police should do and what the federal police should do. The creation of state police does not eliminate the presence of federal police. They work hand in hand. They are in synergy. They are collaborating to synergize, to make sure things are done appropriately. Like uh, somebody said the other time, he said, look, the, the federal government, they have the police that helps to enforce many of the crimes that are being committed in Nigeria. But the state, they have the money. When crimes are committed, you still call the federal police to come and take care of these petty things. It is it's the double jeopardy. Let's dis, uh, dispassionately look at it and make sure what the federal police should do. They do it. When the legal framework is out, I can assure you all the T's and all the I's will be crossed and dotted. It will be a robust document. Do not forget, the person that is saddled with this responsibility is no mean a personality, the Deputy Speaker of the House, which is equal a legal luminary. So Nigeria should be rest assured that 10th Assembly is the house of the people indeed. No, Thank the, you. The, the inauguration will happen um, on the 26th, which is Monday. Monday next week, 26th, at, at the Transcorp Hilton, the Congress Hall. Everyone is invited. So that will also be a problem for some persons listening to us. We have a constitutional review committee, and we're talking about insecurity, and it's happening at the Transcorp Hilton, Abuja. Do you also have similar um, um, happenings across the 36 states of Nigeria? Are we not supposed to have them in the 774 local government areas at the same time? No, 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 no. This is the inauguration of the committee. The committee itself that that is uh, that com that is comprising about uh, 20, 25 members of the house. I totally understand yes. that. Do you have any space? Because that, it means that if I want to participate, I will have to find my way to Abuja. Yes, invitation has been sent to people, representative. Of course, all the speakers of the 36 houses of assembly have been invited. Governors have been invited. Traditional rulers have been invited. The president has been invited. So it is one inauguration that touches into the very core of Nigeria, which is the constitution. So when we are done with this inauguration, a schedule will be out where different town hall meetings will be done at geopolitical zones, okay. at the state level, at the zonal level, at the world level, where even me, as a member of the committee, will have a responsibility of this distilling everything we are doing taking it back to my federal constituency to express what we are doing and obtain their own input. Then we bring it to the general house, which is a committee level now, to collate and look at the demerit. Nigerians should just be interested in what is happening and to throw in their input. I can assure you, whatever you throw in there that is that passes through the crucible will get into the constitution so that indeed when the constitution is out, we can boldly say it is we the people of Nigeria that has made this law for ourselves. Do you have every member of the National Assembly involved and are they also putting this energy into talking to their people, giving them reasons why they should be? 
absolutely, when the report of the committee is out, we are going to lay it in the plenary where every member of National Assembly, both the Senate and the House of Reps, will debate on every clause that has been altered, that has been amended, and generally will agree whether for this to pass through or not to pass through. And this thing will be being live. Nigerians should equally be interested. If at any point a particular amendment, a particular introduction into the condition is not sitting well with any Nigerian, please feel free to voice out through your elected representative. Write to him, disturb him, make sure what you are voicing out gets to the committee. And we will look at it dispassionately and address it accordingly. Before we let you go, quickly... Talk to Nigeria. Okay, okay. Dr. Kololo, what's okay? I want to respond to you. Please go ahead, Dr. Kololo. <laughs> Look, uh, I hear what Honorable say. I expected House of, House of Ref yes. and House of Assembly and Senators now to raise motion, tell President to food to come down for masses to get food. What are you talking about? Are we after constitution or to food? Somebody know it and then you want him to come for here listen constitution. <laughs> but the president has position, done let them bring food. Let them make the a food available to the masses. Those money they give to state government, I want people to tackle them, not to review commission uh, for police. State police cannot work one with hungry. What is state police? Somebody know if you are talking about state police, increase worker salary. These people, as you are working now, let them put it to, at least mean maximum, lowest worker, 300,000. They are talking state police, why do we pay them? Governor who are carrying somebody say, you are a chairman. They will put him for a chairman there. No caretaker. They will not even make election. You expect the rule state police. My sister, state police foul. What do we need? The honorable, they should read emotion. The masses to lawyers, we vote them. If they don't do it, we hold them responsible. <laughs> so you think that hunger... Is the major problem and not you know we have seen cases where even state governors that are sincere in their approach bring out food items palliative to share to the people and the people will struggle scramble for it so with the institutionalized state police that will be orderly we we are not a chaotic society things must be done differently and in order please hold on a bit before you leave dr Coro, please i see that you've been looking at all of us and wondering what is going on please let us really look it's a serious um, situation Dr. Bololo just mentioned, I don't understand why we're talking about constitution review and state police when people are hungry, there's, food, there's no food on the table. I'm sure that's also the reaction of a lot of persons. But of course, this uh, constitution review has to do with insecurity, which is a, a problem that has caused the food shortages, uh, the price of food items and all of these things going on. You have mentioned economic policies. You have mentioned some of the things that can be done. Please, at this point, sir, what is the way forward as a strategist, as somebody who understands security, who understands insecurity, please take your time to explain to us what we can do. Well, in, 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 the, in the system of government, the democracy, the, the, legislator is, the legislator is very central. I mean, the, the, the legislative arm is very central. They make laws and they have oversight over the implementation of those laws. But I would say that if the issues of governance in Nigeria, the challenge we have with governance in Nigeria are to be addressed, National Assembly should better play their roles. It's not just adequate to see you have made laws and you walk away. The Honorable have spoken about the appropriation for this year, for instance. See, I have worked very closely with security agencies for a while, and I know that what happens in the security agencies as in other um, executive arm of government is that when appropriation is made, the National Assembly follows those monies and they, by one way or the other, they get out their own portion, right? They are supposed to, the National Assembly are supposed to be 
uh, having oversight function. But, but they are part of the process. When they come in and they take their own from the various organizations, whether a security or otherwise, the executive of those agencies uh, feel obliged to also take their own portion from uh, such funds. So the issue of poor governance and corruption can be addressed if National Assembly members are more patriotic. It's not enough to just speak. We, we know what ha what's happening. People win election to come to Abuja. To, somebody have said to me, National Assembly, we are trying to talk about corruption. Say, did you expect me to come to Abuja and the county bridge? I, I sold my house to be able to come here. I, I went to the bank to borrow money, so I am here now. I need to recoup. After I recoup, I need to also add some more money to Where is that funding going to come from? So until we have institutions like the National Assembly, like uh, Dr. Gololo said, it's not enough to pass motions or laws and all that. It's to ensure that the citizens of, uh, of, on behalf of which there is a government get the benefit of government. And I think that the National Assembly need to wake up and remember that Nigerians are suffering and that there are rules in terms of making law and uh, oversight is effectively done. And that the issue of corruption, you know, that uh, seem to be um, National Assembly seem to be supporting or participating in the cor massive corruption that is taking place that they sit down and address themselves that, look, one day Nigerians could be pushed to the wall and they will react and the first victim probably will be their own representatives. Hmm. Alright, let's get back to the calls. You can join us now by dialing 0915 0910482 That's 0915-0910482 482 and 0915-0910483 you're listening to radio link on the network service of radio nigeria good morning thank you for joining us what's your name where are you calling from hello your call is connected tell us your name and where you're calling from hello okay please call back 0915-0910482 and 0915-0910483. Before we go, please uh, just say um, um, a word inviting uh, Nigerians to write, to be there and, and participate fully in ensuring that they get good governance. Thank you very much. I want to leave with this parting shot to Nigerians from the words of Lee Kuan Yew, one of the famous leaders in Singapore who wrote the book in his, Hello. Who wrote in his we book title From Third to First? He said, We cannot afford to forget that public order, economic prosperity, and personal prosperity are not the natural order of things. They depend on ceaseless effort and attention from an effective and honest government that the people must elect. The underlining word here is the people. Let the people be interested in everything that government is doing. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, uh, Honorable um, Clement Jimbo, the a member of the Constitution Review Committee, a member of the House of Representatives, and the Deputy Chairman, Committee of National Planning and Economic Development. Thank you. Thank you. As you take your leave, safe flight. Um, we have a caller on the line. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Please call back if you can. Oh nine one five. Oh nine one oh. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Yes. Good morning. Thank Hello. you for joining us on Radio Link. What's your name? My name is Romanus. Romanus, where I'm are you calling, calling from? from? I'm calling from Rivers. 
Thank you very much for connecting with us today. Yes, thank you. I want to thank those of guests there. They have spoken very well. Now, please, I want to state this very clearly. Mm. That the first step of solving any security problem is to define that problem. If you can't define that problem, you can't solve it. That's one. Number two, <clears throat> the problem I'm talking about, whether you call it insurgency or whether you call it terrorism, armed robbery, banditry, they are all security problems. They are not law enforcement problems. They are not military problems. They are not police problems. The military should understand this. The general is there. The retired general is there. This is not a conventional war. The war they are fighting is not a conventional war. It is what we call irregular warfare. It is not a conventional warfare. Now, to the consultant there, there's a good consultant there. I want to ask a question. Maybe he is aware. I'm not aware. I think there is need for us to have a national security strategy in this country. And yet I can't find one over the years. No national security strategy anywhere in this country. And we are busy talking about security, insecurity. I'm talking of a strategy that will give direction to all those who are involved in our national security, including the citizens. Do you have anywhere? A country of over 200 million people. There's no national security strategy anywhere. It's a serious problem. Very, very serious. For the first time, some few years back, I saw somebody who was appointed as a national security advisor. That's the man they call retired Colonel Sambo. For the first time, I saw a national security advisor talk about a national security strategy. He was still in the process when he was removed from the office. And thereafter, there's no such thing again. Thank you very much. Um, Mr. Somali, um, what's your second name, please? Hello? Oh, okay. Um, you just told us Sumanus uh, from Rivers. We needed to get your... Hello, good morning. Yes, good morning. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello, good morning. Are you hearing me? Yes, loud and clear. Good morning. Welcome to Radio Link. This is Mohammed Mohammed Olatia Local Government. Natural State to Precisely. Thank you. It's my pleasure much. to call you this very Monday. And concerning this Turkey that you're talking about, we're on Nigeria. And we know our challenge, both locally, nationally, and internationally. What I'm calling over now, so long as we are living and we know our culture, we know our belief. So it is high time for all Nigeria that we should be very patriotic enough that we know that and put that one in our mind. There is no country like Nigeria, and Nigeria is ours. Irrespective of our culture, irrespective of our languages. And I want to understand something from the point of view that there is no way that this issue of insecurity will be solved without having a proper local government autonomy. Because I want to understand that it is a local government 
that the chairman nor his people, counselor nor his people, they are mingling together. They are sitting together. They are eating together. And they're even sitting in conference together. So no matter how a strange person can come to that, that, that very community, they may not know him. And the lastly, the traditional rulers, they are the custodians of every nation. In northern Nigeria, we have Mianguas. And these Mianguas, they know our people. They know your father, they know your mother, and they know who you are from the childhood. They have a very good detailed information about you. And their people have been subjected and neglected because of negative political influence that we have. So as in Nigeria, I think if really we need this country to be working, please and please, these issues of traditional institutions should be revived. Our respect should be given to them because they have not been elected like admirably. They are the custodians of every nation and they have to be respected. Thank you, may God bless you. God bless you too, Mr. Mohammed. Thank you very much. Um, one more call before we go back to our guest in the studio. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning to you. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello? Okay, so um, Senator Abamoro is joining us again. Um, are you there, sir? Yeah. Okay, so just give us a parting shot uh, concerning the entire conversation and what you think Nigerians should do at this point, what the government can do, what the senators can do, and what the House of Reps, the National Assembly, the, the State Assembly, and every other person who is involved and concerned about the current situation can do to solve the problem. Well, I, I want to thank you very much for this uh, program. Uh, as it affords Nigerians the opportunity to know where we are uh, so that uh, we do not continue to engage uh, in blame games at very dire moments like this, that the nation is uh, facing some crisis uh, in all fronts. Uh, I, I want to say that all of us elected uh, representatives of the people must live up to our billing because history is watching. Nigerians are watching. The world is watching. And so, if you are the president, I am of the PDP extraction, but I support government because government is for the people. And whatever is good that is coming from government, I will continue to support in spite of my political affiliation. All others, therefore, must take Nigeria into consideration in the actions that we are taking, especially in this dark uh, situation. Our elected representatives at the national level, as far as the National uh, Assembly is concerned, the Senate is concerned, we must do only those things that lead to the happiness and prosperity of Nigerians and for Nigeria. For the president, who is a very new in the saddle, we will encourage him to pick up the courage and do what is right for Nigeria, because he has a page in history. And for the governors, Quite frankly, like everybody has said, I am not sure that anybody will give any pass mark to any governor right now. And so it is their responsibility to ensure security in their various communities. The president cannot come from Abuja and come and uh, oversee the security situation in Benue or in any other state for that matter. So the governors must live up to their position. Like I said, 
every life matters in Nigeria. And so they must protect, because that is their constitutional responsibility. And they swore to it. They must protect every Nigerian against insecurity in all its ramifications, whether it is physical insecurity, kidnapping and banditry, or men farmer uh, clashes. It is their responsibility to ensure that it is all these things are nipped in the bud. And so for the houses of assembly, they must wake up from their slumber. It's not everything that is politics. And if they don't have the courage to represent the people effectively to protect them, then they have no business being in the, in the, in the state houses of assembly. Thank and so you. Well, my thank you very much. for Nigerians yes, is that sir. let them be patient. Let us do the needful and make sure that we get it right for Nigeria. We cannot continue in this way. Thank you so much, sir, Senator Abamoro, for joining us. So, Dr. Bolulu, thank you. Patience is one thing that Nigerians have been told to have over and over and over again. Uh, this thing we have to know we are patient enough. Um, poor people are patient enough. They should prioritize. Let us get a food. Poor man need food to eat, not in distance. Patience. All right, uh, Dr. Okoro, please, your parting shots before we leave. And just to answer Mr. Samonos, uh, Nigeria have his, his national security strategy. <clears throat> that strategy is reviewed uh, regularly. Uh, but uh, so, talking about our country, we're in the dire straits, and there's the need for soul searching. Nigeria have all the resources to solve this problem. Uh, but those who, the elective and appointive, uh, citizens in Nigeria need at all levels need to realize that if we compromise our nation through bad governance, it will come back to all of us, including those who are sitting in one position today where they make a decision. It will come back to us. So it will pay everybody for us to sit up and do what is right for Nigeria. Dr. Golulu, your parting shot before we leave. Uh, to me, my, uh, my own decision is that when we are in the state, uh, this is, we don't need long grammar for National Assembly or State Assembly. What we need is let them progerize where they can put money to those security. At least, constable can receive 200, private soldier can receive 200, rating 200, or uh, airman. And then workers, lower workers in any ministry, let them get this in. But all this state police is a problem. We would put money there, they cannot see that you are paying somebody 30,000. Federal government should suffer their standard. Or God, President Taylor said they are going to do it. He said, I mean, okay. He said it's his own time. So this is our own time too. He have to do it as he support, as he promised us. Thank you very much. And that's you, my dear listener. God bless you for joining us today on Radio Link. We've been talking about uh, entrenching security in Nigeria and the creation of state policing. And my guests have been um, Senator, um, the Senate Minority Leader and former Minister of Interior, Senator Abba Moro, who joined us online. And uh, here in the studio, I had the Deputy Chairman, Committee on National Planning and Economic Development, House of Representatives, Honorable Climate Jimbo. He already left the studio. And also a member of the Constitution Committee. And we also had uh, here uh, Dr. David Okoro, who also joined us here. He's an economic um, a security expert. And Dr. Garros Gololo, who is a retired army officer. Thank you, gentlemen, for making it here today. Thank, Thank you. you. We are expecting to call again anytime from now because Nigeria are hungry. And to our dear callers and listeners, thank you so much for being a part of the program today. Radio Link comes up every Saturday on the network service of Radio Nigeria from 8 to 10 o'clock in the morning. I'd like to say special thanks to my uh, studio manager, Priska Oparocha and Joshua Floyd, and uh, engineer for today, Anya Jonadab and uh, Zachariah. Zachariah. Um, production assistant has been, has been Tessa Zambe. 
Associate producer Sandra Udike and Ali Garuba. News producer Obundeme Ukeje. Assistant producer Idara Opayang. And my producer for today's Olufemi Fulani. Executive producer Husina Akila. Thank you, dear listener. Until next week, Saturday, 8 o'clock in the morning. I am Princess Aboraro. Bye for now. Be a good citizen of this great nation, Nigeria. Together, we can do this.